0: Pelotero Pickle episode 114. This is the post-convention episode. A lot has happened in the last couple weeks. We had a, a phantom episode last week. Hope you enjoyed it. But we're going to talk all things convention, among other things. Uh, before we get started, a reminder, send us your questions, topics, questions, concerns to pickle at Pelotero.com or hit us up on Twitter at Pelotero pickle. You can also send us messages on Instagram or TikTok figure out how to find us. I think it's Pilotero app and then Pilotero Corp on uh, TikTok. But join me as always Chris Colabello. Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Hello Robert. I, I'm having a left shoulder issue.
0: I love I when I throw it to you because you always say some random you say something like weird yeah, stuff. Well
1: what do you cause... think I was gonna say something not random? You think I was gonna say I was gonna just give you a conventional yeah I'm good.
0: Is that Lulu you got Lulu uh, on right now? I, ha-
1: yeah this is Christmas this is another Christmas present yeah, I, I'm ha- but I'm having a left shoulder. So you just you're having a left shoulder.
0: A hom- you got a left shoulder.
1: Let's make let's make it a homer story. So I haven't How really. You turn in... this <laughs> it's not a homer story. It's like a homer story. It's been like 10 years since I tried to bench press 275 pounds. And uh, last week, energized convention season was upon us, I think. You get energized from ABCA, right? Like it's just a it's a big event. You see everyone. It's just you know a lot of good stuff happens. So I came home and my first workout after I went to do my set at two twenty five, and I, I I was telling the guy who I was with, I was like I'm probably gonna get five, and I got nine. So I I said, well screw it. I said let's go, and then I I hit two seventy five for one. So now I I put my big boy pants on, and I'm like, you know what? We're gonna go back to. We're gonna get into three hundred territory. So the other night I was I started lifting, and then after my first set, my my left shoulder was uh, sort of quite sore.
0: As as scale scale so one like to a, ten. What were you at?
1: It it's probably like an eight in pain right now. Like I'm having trouble getting it. Like I went to try to play hoops last night, and right here is I'm having trouble getting it above my head. And then once it's up there, it's fine. But I think it's uh. Uh, whatever's on top. I don't, I don't know if that's uh, like your, your labrum isn't on top, right?
0: I'm the wrong person to ask that question. I don't. I don't. Not
1: a diagnostician. Nope. you don't want to diagnose. No, nope.
0: right. I'm not a shoulder guy. Not my thing. Sorry to hear that you're sort of quite sore. It's all gonna work out.
1: The good Other thing. Other than that, I'm good.
0: The good thing is you're a show no go type of guy now, even though you claim to still hit. Be a 300 hitter in the big leagues.
1: There's a hundred percent chance I would hit 300 in the big leagues. It's yeah. not even 99, it's a hundred. Yeah, I said it. All right. I this should be this should be like one of those uh one of those challenges, right? If we were if we were a bigger like
0: a reality show, you
1: know, if we had a bigger audience, yeah, like I dare somebody to let me try to hit 300 and then we could track it. It would be great content for Peltoro. And then when I did it, at the end, I would, it, this would be one of my resounding I told you so's.
0: Well, the good news is if you hit 300 of the big leagues, you'd get paid. You'd get service time. There's a lot of benefit to you hitting 300 in the show. So we, we have enough people. You know, you know how I know it's not going to happen is we have enough people that have major league jobs that aren't giving you a job that if they can't pull their weight, it's not going to happen. So I apologize. Well, the weird part was I sent reality.
1: a text. I sent the video of me doing two seventy five to Sam Fold, GM of the Philadelphia Phillies.
0: What did you say? Uh, I, I'm ready to play.
1: <laughs> no, I said I dare. I said I dare somebody to tell me I couldn't hit three hundred right now. And then he wrote in the Northeast ten.
0: Wow. And I didn't
1: take too kindly Whoa. to
0: that. Oh, those that's a great, from a from a Stanford guy. That is real shady.
1: But Cold. that's how I know. But that's how I know that he knows is that he had to make a joke about it. Yeah, because if, if, if he didn't yeah, know, he would. You're yeah, right. You're he so he, know, yeah, yeah. He
0: had to. He had to try to really knock you down because he knows the reality. Yeah, you're right. If he's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like,
1: well, if he was like, oh, cool, man, but he started actually making jokes about it. So <laughs> if was he was like, like Sylvanica yeah, you know hit three hundred
0: in the big leagues, that would have been funny.
1: Yeah, like, it's terrifying <laughs> that I'm that good, really. Yeah.
0: All right, let's get into it. Uh, ABCA, the Texas High School Baseball Convention. You were at the World Baseball Convention at Mohegan Sun. Three very different events. I've been to the World Baseball Convention. It's in a different venue now than it was in previous years. They 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 moved to a new venue a couple years ago. They got, like, a full turf infield, which is kind of cool. Uh, ABCA is just it's ABCA it's it is what it is it's um it's huge it's chaotic it's fast paced with i think 8500 coaches were there Nashville Gaylord Opryland is an amazing venue i wish i get to see it more i was literally at the booth i, I left the booth uh one time for tech support at hit Trax, and then one time I snuck out. I went to the bathroom and didn't come straight back to the booth. But otherwise, I was at the booth the entire time. We were at the booth so long that after the event closed, we sat and talked to the some uh, major league hitting coach and a hitting coordinator for a team for an additional three hours after the event was over. Literally, the whole place was packed up and we're just sitting there talking hitting. Um, what were your biggest takeaways from ABCA?
1: It's really it's really interesting to go to those events, because I think we've focused on this doubt concept our, over the last six months or so. And I think everybody has doubt in their lives, right? Whether it's hitting where they stand in society, where how people view them in their own eyes, because I've always thought about that, about myself as a player, and I'm getting somewhere. Believe me, I'm going somewhere. And the last, I've been to the last three in-person ABCA conventions, and I've realized how much I enjoy them because it's our environment, right? It's, It's people we know, it's people that we've been around, people that we've been in the trenches with, coaches, players, everything. And it's really cool when you leave there with a sense of fulfillment. Like, you're doing something that matters, that people are paying attention to. Um, it's just, I think it's reassurance uh, that you're going down the right path. So that that's, I think, our, our, the energy that was at our booth, and you've, you've alluded to it, and I think, I'll let, I don't want to steal your thunder, but the pockets of energy through the room are really, it's a really interesting way to verbalize it, right? You see yeah. where... <clears throat> where there's good energy.
0: The one time that I snuck out to just walk the floor, I, I usually like to, I always like to walk the perimeter to find out who the, the up and coming companies are and just meet people. Um, it was just so obvious that there were, there's different areas that are just dead. There's no traffic. There's no people. Uh, excuse me. A good analogy is you go to the mall and the Apple store is always packed. Like the, the mall can be dead. You walk by the Apple store, there's 5,000 people in there trying to, buy stuff or get their computer service or whatever. It's just, <clears throat> Apple store is always busy. And it kind of felt like that where you you walk around, you go down an aisle, not a lot going on, go to the next aisle, boom, just a pocket of people, just energized. And it was just very obvious to me that there was just, there were just really pockets of, of energy and people working together. And you could just tell by the conversations. I thought one of the coolest things for us was we had people that were in our row Walking over, being like, What is what are you guys doing? What, what's happening right now? Because your booth has been busy the entire time, mm-hmm. and I just need to kind of figure out what the heck you guys are up to. So that was that was one of the coolest things that happened. I thought when we had the, the couple vendors come over to check out what we were doing to see why so many people were at our booth. Um, so it was good. We had a giveaway, we had a giveaway,
1: a wi- humble a brag, humble, humble brag, humble brag.
0: Uh, ain't bragging if you've done it, you know. It's oh. it happened. It, it, it's I'm just describing what happened. I'm not trying to brag. Um it was just really cool. We've been working really hard. So I don't have I don't have a problem being proud of building something awesome and sharing with the world. So I don't I don't well, do so, that as a brag no, no, so no. much as like but we're doing it, cool shit. Excuse so my French. Listen I don't swear I think, on much on here, but yeah,
1: we're doing some really I cool do. stuff. I do though. I'll do it for you if you want. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing that I've always connected with in my life is authenticity, right? And I didn't really know that that was what it was for the better part of my life. I just knew there was something that I connected to with humans. And um, I've alluded to the fact that my superpower is connecting with people or understanding people and I feel fulfilled when I when I know that my, my instincts led me the right direction, right? I feel that's where I get my greatest sense of pride and joy and whatever you want to call it. And I think an event like that reaffirms the things that I thought and the things that I believed and the reasons why we started Pelotero and we can get all sappy and emotional and philosophical and I I go to those places in my brain often. Um, We care, man, we care about the game, we care about people, we care about helping people on their journey. And I think that's what most people connect to whether they know it or not. And then that's when you attract I don't know respect or people that are respected or it's like that minded are, people. It's are well thought.
0: Of. I've been yeah. on, I've been on like a vibe, like a vibe thing, like a frequency bandwidth type thing lately.
1: Sure. Yeah, fractals and yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Well, it's 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 just different ways of connecting with people, and whether it's words, whether it's actions, the the things that you say, the things you write, the. The colors you wear, like you're going to attract certain people and you're going to attract different things to yourself and you're going to repel other things. So, you know, when we're talking about what we care about, we attract other people that care about the same things. And if we as individuals and as a company are focused on things that matter the most to us and other people connect with that, that's just a good sign. That's, I think that just tells us we're, we're moving in the right direction. We're building solutions that matter solving real problems so it's it's a good thing and like that the other side of it so like very interesting dynamic going from abca where it's the national stage it's like it's the big leagues of conventions right it's like it's it's the, the biggest convention for baseball in the world and then you go to the texas convention and a lot of these coaches are teachers that coach they're not paying attention to twitter they're not on instagram they're not consuming every piece of content that they can get their hands on they're not full-time coaches necessarily and i'm like chasing people down being like hey can i tell you what we're doing can i tell you what we're working on i'm like fighting for people's attention there When I mean, at the national stage it can it's drinking from a fire hose so it's just it's just really interesting that <clears throat> like I, I wasn't saying the abca stuff to brag because on the national level we've worked for that I, I haven't done outreach to the high school coaches of Texas. I don't, I don't have relationships with them. I haven't been contributing to their lives for 10 plus years on, <laughs> with articles and videos and content, whatever. So it's just a really interesting dynamic. And you were up in the, uh, the world baseball convention in the Northeast, which is basically like our backyard where you grew up, the, the the world that you've lived in from a baseball standpoint forever. So, you know, you're taking two steps bumping into somebody that you played against or played with, or, have a relationship otherwise so it's just a it's a you know there's so much everything's relationship driven and it's it it was very interesting for me just from a pure just step back and look at it objectively to go from abca to the texas convention and to the texas convention big there was like 2500 coaches three thousand coaches there um really nice venue it was i'm pumped that it was in round rock so next year, Dallas is ABCA, and then Round Rock again for. Uh, so next year, we're just going to have everybody stay in Texas for another week, and we'll go to we'll go to both. It's at the the Kalahari Resort, which is a really a nice. Uh, they have like a huge indoor water park. It's right next to the Round Rock Express. Really good venue. Really good venue. We got a book earlier, so we got a better spot. But um, just oh, to, a book was, earlier. Well, we didn't know if our software was going to be ready to showcase this year, so we had to wait. I didn't want to go there and not have anything to show.
1: Listen, I'm waiting for the day that you book a flight a month ahead of time. In my
0: life, It's probably not going to happen anytime soon. We're agile. We're, we got to be able to make quick decisions and, and pivot. <laughs> we, we can't, we can't be booking stuff out a month in advance. What are we talking about?
1: Oh, I, that my, your response there is electric. I'm proud of you for saying it. I, <clears throat> you're, yeah. We our flights are I, we're, so we're doing
0: a clinic in Italy. We got those flights are booked cuz I wasn't responsible for it. It's easy. Don't so put me in charge of booking. Is, Just don't put me in charge of booking flights if you want to i never anytime. in
1: charge of travel. We need you need a traveling secretary coordinator. Yeah. We're
0: good. Listen, we get a bunch of customers. We can get a we can get a lot of people to do a lot of jobs if we have a bunch of customers.
1: Listen, Linda, Linda, listen, listen. We're a small company. That was the right funniest now. video, by the way. That kid. Linda, Linda, Linda. Listen, listen. listen, listen that, Linda. Guy, that kid was funny. That kid was so
0: funny. Ugh. Old like YouTube classics are the yeah.
1: best. Same thing. What, yeah. So what was your what was, uh, especially so, the ones that are impactful? ABCA any.
0: So I guess I want to talk we, we did a webinar for Hitting Approach yesterday. If you haven't seen that, if you want to see it, send an email to send an email to contact at and I'll send you the link to it. If you follow us on Twitter, you've I'll I'll have it tweeted out and whatnot. But really good webinar. So the big our big announcement there was our partnership with Hitting Approach, which is an app that does uh, game tracking and we've got some very innovative, very logical things that we're tracking that nobody else is tracking. Um, I love, I love when I watch and I'm not trying to compare. Uh, it sounds terrible. I'm not trying to compare, compare myself to Nick Saban right now, but if you watch like Nick Saban interviews or Bill Belichick interviews and you just listen to what they say, they just do very obvious things. Like they do things that are logical and they don't, right? they don't overcomplicate. It's like, Oh, we like, we try to make the best play every play. We don't let the previous play influence our effort of the next play. We do our job. And the scoreboard doesn't matter. We communicate yeah. We communicate to their players what their job is on every play, and we expect them to do their job. It's like, whoa, this is earth-shattering news. Like Everybody just do your job. Um, with Hitting Approach, we've been working really in stealth mode with them for over a year to track some stuff, specifically with accuracy and timing. Um, I've said this a bunch, but uh, over 50% of swings do not produce a ball in play. And nobody's tracking them. It's like a half the swings that hitters take are not being tracked. <clears throat> so all your ground ball rates, all your fly ball rates, line drive rates, are based on half the swings. And of the swings that put balls in play, forty percent are with two strikes. So, what's the math on that, Chris? Twenty. If so, facto twenty to five to thirty percent of all balls in play are with two strikes, and that's not good.
1: Was it twenty? If so, facto. We don't know anything. So the point is... Somebody asked, what
0: the, what's the gap you're trying to fill? It's like, well, half the swings aren't being tracked, so maybe we need to start there.
1: Let, let's let take it a step further. Let's make it this simple. How about we teach hitters to be on time? Because no amateur hitters understand how to be on time. None. Zero. <coughs> well, like that's, none.
0: that's the other metric. So we're, we're tracking accuracy. That's the part
1: that drives me crazy. Every swing
0: we're tracking accuracy and every swing we're tracking timing. Because if we're not tracking timing...
1: Imagine that. What...
0: There's a lot of things I'm passionate about with this. A lot of things that have irritated me for a long time. This type of tracking, I've been I've been, been desperately waiting to have the tools to be able to deliver this at scale because I tried to do it on an individual basis and it was just way too much because you can't track it. You can't deliver stuff at scale. So now we have the tools. We have the, the resources to do it and it's just really exciting. But it's so, so frustrating as a coach to have – you know, a weekend will pass and you get twelve different dads or moms sending you video being like, Oh, how's the swing look? We're struggling, blah, blah, blah. The picture's not in frame. You have no context of what's happening. And you're supposed to be give people feedback and try to help people and you don't have the information you need to do it. And kids are making swing changes based on timing mistakes, not they're not making swing and then changes. They're still not on time. They're not making. Yeah, they're not making. You're putting. You're trying to fix the wrong problem, so you're never getting results because you're not addressing the real problem. So you get kids that are just late, 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 and they're like, "Oh my swing." It would stinks. be the
1: equivalent. It would literally, literally be the equivalent of saying, "Oh, I got to fix the engine in my car," but you don't have tires on it. So even if you rev the engine harder, your car's not going anywhere. If you like Literally. go to the doctor,
0: you're like, Oh, I feel pretty sick. I'm, I'm coughing. And they give you like an ear infection treatment. Like, great. You didn't fix anything.
1: No, you get knee surgery. You get, oh, knee fix, sur- yeah,
0: that's better. Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah.
0: But it, you're just, you're not fixing the right problem. No, and if you're listen, not, if you're not even tracking it, what was the, what was the Maryland coach? What was a quote that he said? If you're not, if you care about stuff, you have to track it.
1: If If it matters to you, track it. If it matters to you, track it. And it's this simple, Bobby. It's, so this is what, what pisses me off. So I go from this place where we're talking about authenticity and feeling connected to people and, and really understanding that your instincts and your gut are telling you the right things and then you get into scenarios where you're, I'm blown away. Mind, Is it boggled or bottled? It's boggled, right? Like mind boggled. People said mind bottled one time. I don't think that's true. I think Ron
0: Burgundy said it's, that. <laughs> Yeah. In a glass case. Of no, somebody
1: tried to tell me it's actually bottled. We... <laughs> no, boggle. it's the only funny line. Well, there's other funny lines. I'm going to
0: Google it right now just to come. So
1: I, I get blo- I get blown away.
0: There's a song called "Mind Bottling."
1: At when, go ahead. Should we expand on that or no? I'm just commenting. So I get blown away. I get blown away at the fact that people try to tell me that it's too hard to do. Or it's oh, so a human has to do it.
0: I just looked it up. Laughing, it says, mind-boggling occurs when the mind is overwhelmed. mind bottling occurs when friends aren't kind enough to correct their friends on their improper use of common English phrases.
1: Nice. Nice. You,
0: it's funny because nice. it's true.
1: So is that is that like – <laughs> that's what the guy does in um, oh, um, Dinner for Schmucks. Does he mind-bottle Steve Carell? I uh, hope that's a good uh, movie. I need to go his... back
0: and watch that movie. Patrick probably hates it. He like mind
1: best... bottles him. <clears throat> he mind bottles. No, it's him. mind control
0: he, versus he... brain control. I think.
1: Yeah, but but that's <laughs> that's a mind bottle. <laughs> that's a mind bottle. That's how you mind bottle. Fixing somebody fixing, fixing your eyes. swing oh, when you're, you're
0: fixing your swing when you're supposed to be fixing your timing is mind bottling. Yeah,
1: it's perfect. Love it. So again, that's great. So this is the this is the place where I, I go. I kind of, I people lose me, and I don't. I think that I'm crazy, because I hear people say, "Oh, well, it's too hard. We don't have the resources. We don't have the funding. We don't have this." Let's just be clear on something. This is just like returning a phone call. People say, oh, "I don't have the time." If if it's important to you, you'll do it. If it matters to you, you'll do it. Literally, the the thing that is incredibly relevant in this world to me, is yes, everybody's busy. Everybody has too much they're, they're they're doing. Everybody has too much going on. But again, if it matters, you'll do it. So what really matters? Like getting to the root of what really matters and having that be it doesn't necessarily have to be uniform or mainstream or standardized, but the, the reality is I don't understand when people tell me that they, they can't do it or they they won't do it. That That doesn't that doesn't click with me. It doesn't jive with me. And that's why we're trying to build the easiest solution. So you re- really have no excuse anymore, right? So if you tell me you don't do it, it's just because you don't want to or you don't care about the right thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your What was your favorite thing that happened at uh, Mohegan, at the World Baseball Convention? And you had some good dinners, got to see some friends. Anything stand out to you? You said, uh, that, you said the yeah, Maryland coaches talk you was just good. Rec-
1: yeah, I was excited to to meet him. Obviously, we know uh, Matt Swope, the hitting coach, and him and him and uh, Coach Vaughn are very much in alignment in the way they think. Obviously, they've leveled up their program. I've talked about leveling up a program and
0: Maryland top uh, twelfth preseason ranked.
1: Yeah, that's how you make an impact in my world, right? If you level up when you're not you were nothing and now you're something and you're relevant on a national stage uh what they've done there is incredible uh their passion uh how much they care about the program you know uh it's awesome to watch them and to be part of some small part of what they do i got to speak to the team in the fall and uh see how they went about their business and then listening to his his talk again it's completely rational and reasonable things about how they go about it and the things that matter and mindfulness, uh, and making their players do small things like breathing and yoga. And it's cool. It's really cool. Um, the thing that I noticed the most about the convention is it's, there's this local element to it, right? And it's, it's regional more than it is local, but the people that were there all from our pocket of guys that we grew up with, or that we, we came across in New England baseball. And I think every one of us feels some sense of pride, uh, honor, need to keep the narrative going in the right direction. Spent time with a bunch of Connecticut, New York, Massachusetts guys while we are there, and guys that have have achieved quite a bit in the game. Um, You know, Pete Walker and Roger LaFrancois, both big leaguers, former big leaguers that are uh, involved in putting that on, both Connecticut guys, then you know Pete Fatsy, obviously a hitting coach for the Red Sox, local guy uh, and friend of the program. He's a friend of the program. Um, yeah, and we we even talked about it. We, we feel this 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 duty to kind of be present and carry on the conversation, but it's just a different it's a different thing. I don't like the room they do it in now. It's the same one we saw last time. the The room where the expo center is is not. It's not my gym. It's too spread out. It's like when Cressy used to tell us about, you know, I wish I'd gone smaller with my gym in Hudson. And I think when when it was in the room where it used to be, it it felt much more intimate. To yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. The new space, it's just like a big open room and there's – it doesn't feel uh, – intimate is definitely the right word. <clears throat> you just kind of feel lost in that room. There's no – like the noise travels in a weird way. It's just – it doesn't have – I don't know, the old the old place felt almost cozy like it was um friendly. The new the new place is cold and kind of like it's like all white like it's just like a big open room with white and there's no personality to it.
1: Yeah, that was the first place you met uh you met Pat Murphy. Is that correct? Is that an accurate statement? Yep,
0: I did meet Coach Murphy there for the first time. Uh he was there for the softball day and I I went down in
1: 2015, 2014 uh, something it was like that. Early. I think it was 13-14. It was early. 13-13. I want to say it was 13. Yep. Speaking of that, I got to talk to the Alabama softball team yesterday. Pretty good. Oh, baby. I was so honored. I was, like, nervous. I was more nervous than if I had talked to a big league team. not going to lie you. They're doing it. I love Alabama softball. Roll Tide.
0: I think they're number six preseason. I believe.
1: I'm full send on anything that that program is doing, and uh, the respect uh, each every girl came up to the screen to introduce themselves. Uh,
0: really, that's a cool way to do it,
1: and say hello. And I, I just I wait. I kept waving. I was like, I'll just wave. Hi, nice to meet you. And I, it was cool. Uh, I was again to to have some to play some small part or be involved in some capacity, and just be able to help. Uh, And I got a lot of messages after saying how, you know, thankful they were. I didn't even feel like I did anything. Um, Yeah, that's, it was, it was cool. Honored, humbled. It's cool to have like the platform where people want to listen to the stupid stuff you have to say.
0: Yeah. Murph, Murph's just good people. And then he's got a good coaching staff with Ryan. We get to meet this summer in Alabama at the, uh, the world games and, just good people. That uh, the, the coolest thing about being around Alabama alumni is it feels like family. It really does. And I, I, after we met them and we, we went out to dinner with them after the, all the alumni, I, I texted Murph I'm like, you're doing an awesome job just building. building. You have a family. You really have a family with all those players. So shout out to Murph and everybody Every all the uh, Roll Tide out there. Alumni. Roll Tide, Roll Tide. Um, <clears throat> where do you see the Where do you see the space going? So we, you know, you were up in Mohegan, I was in, in Texas. ABCA. My biggest kind of where's this space going? Is everybody's everybody? There's a lot of people that are still just trying to create data. A lot of people that are just trying to. We had no, we had a number of people come up to us and say. It was nice that they recognize what we're doing is different, that we're actually trying to use the data and not just create more data. We said a lot of times to a lot of people, we're trying to solve the next problem. Everybody's technology to date has just created more problems. It puts the time burden on the coach. It makes you work harder. It doesn't make your life easier. And there's a lot of cool data out there. I think there's a lot of fatigue, like tech fatigue happening. Where people are more reluctant to buy stuff, they're a little bit more hesitant in terms of like we've tried all this stuff and it didn't work, or we've we bought all this tech and didn't get value out of it. So they're they're being more critical, which is good. Um, a lot of people working really hard that want the best for the players, and it's it's yeah. time well to to use the data better.
1: What I fi- what I find to be. <laughs> I guess the path we're going down and you, you've, we've always talked about pendulums and swings in the market and, and games and life and society. It's what it's, it's very interesting to me how it's inevitable that we have to swing back to the things that are really relevant. Cause it, and, and I'm not saying the data is bad or the numbers are bad. Cause obviously we, we find value in them. We extract value, but Um, something you said yesterday kind of hit home with me. If you ask better questions, you get better answers. Right. And that's, that's what tech is good at doing. Tech's good at asking questions and and answering them quickly. Uh,
0: But if you ask bad questions or if all you're saying is what is the data, then it's just going to tell you what the data is.
1: Exactly. But, and that's, and that's kind of the whole point is I think we were very surface level as a, as an industry. I'm going to tie this into chat GPT real
0: quick too. This is going to be fun.
1: Well, we were very surface level with, with what we were trying to accomplish, right? Because it was what is right in front of us? Like, okay, well, the bat moves, let's put a thing on it and figure out what we can measure. Well, the ball moves, let's put a thing, put a thing on it, figure out what we can measure. And then the obvious solution was, okay, here, baseball, here's what we can measure. Instead of saying timeout, like, let's start from what do we want to measure, right? And the, the, and this ties into kind of the whole conversation is measuring exit velocity is, is not a bad thing. Measuring pitch speed is not a bad thing. And understanding that you want to be more is not a bad thing. What are the sacrifices that you're, you're going to have to make to do them? Right. And that, and that was something that was learned inherently growing up for a hundred years before anybody could measure it. Like you knew that if you wanted to hit the ball hard or as, or hardest for any one individual, that you were going to sacrifice and compromise other qualities. And I think that's what makes hitting really unique compared to other sports is, well, jump higher is never bad. Uh, Run faster is never bad. Uh, You know, it's, it's one of those weird things that you have to understand the, the fundamental pieces. And, and when we started promoting all this stuff, I think we all forgot as an industry that like the, the minute you talk about exit velocity of somebody that's raw to the game, a 12-year-old, a parent that doesn't really know, that, that's going to become their North Star. And that they haven't gone through the experiences of I've swung and missed a lot, or my kids failed a lot, or uh, their coach didn't tell them that it, it, see how easy you can swing and hit it hard. Something that simple, right? So it, it becomes this, you know, max out game, and a, and, a, and that's why I think that, I feel like that's what happened with the game, where we went, let's max out instead of let's be really good, let's be consistent. Well,
0: I think uh, hitting the ball hard became the carrot, the shiny object, but people started asking, how do you hit the ball hard? And the the answer that many people got was swing faster swing harder. So speed creates exovelo. Um I I just so firmly believe that bat speeds earn in the weight room. And yeah, you can do a bat speed program, but you have to raise the floor of your bat speed, and that happens in the weight room, more so than it does just trying to swing faster. And there's a time and a place for it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Uh and this ties directly into what Carlton said. So Carlton Salters had a, a text, a video that he did that was very well done talking about exit velocity and how you have to earn it in the weight room. You don't just you don't just show like you don't become an off, offensive lineman by not being huge as a human being. Like you, there's certain physical things that you need to achieve. You need to earn it. There's prerequisites. You have to like, if you want to get into Harvard, you need, Harvard grades and Harvard test scores. Like you have to be good enough to hit the ball hard consistently. You have to level up. You have to, you have to be good enough and you have to be strong enough. You have to earn it. That's the big thing. You have to earn it. <clears throat> um, and the other uh, tweet that we have is the kid that's in eighth grade throwing 93. This kid's 6'1 170 throwing 93 miles an hour. He's 13 years old or he's an eighth grader. Maybe he's 14. He's throwing gas as a eighth grader. And realistically, he's physically I mean, he's bigger than I was as a senior in high school. He's eighth grade. Super coordinated, very impressive, not taking anything away from him. <clears throat> but you go like biological age versus actual age. And this kid's developed. He's I'm I'm sure he's worked at it, but um
1: By the way, you can't just that, say like uh, a thirteen year old Blaze Jordan. You're yeah, remember him? He's with the Red he's, Sox now. I just realized he's in. Uh, yeah, and he's uh, he can hit. Yeah, he's hit. He's hit pretty much three hundred every year, which is really cool. Um, he's a, I think he's a three hundred career minor league hitter over two seasons with at different levels. So he's a
0: pretty high draft pick, third round, three overall, in eighty ninth.
1: So you look at a kid like that, right? Two ninety six. Yeah, he got so much attention. Growing up, because he could hit the ball hard and far, but clearly uh, understood that hitting was about more than that, right? Because I was interested to see what his numbers would be like. Because you get that kind of, you know, attention when you are young, and it's, I guess, it's much more common to get attention when you are young now than it was when Bryce Harper and LeBron did. Like Bryce Harper was the chosen one, and LeBron was the chosen one. So you had to really be doing things on a national stage that made a huge impact. Now, if somebody starts doing it you're a couple of tweets and Instagrams away from getting,
0: I got another like, chat GPT really tie in attention. right now. You're just putting on a platter for me. So I, at the winter meetings, I freaked out about chat GPT. It's the first technology. If you're not familiar with it, it's an AI thing that you can prompt and it it's amazing. If you, if you're not aware of it, look into it. So Chris is like anti chat GPT. He's like the old curmudgeon that doesn't love technology. Let's just be clear.
1: I'm not anti. <laughs>
0: You're not as high as I am. You're reluctant to be into it. And I use the analogy that ChatGPT is to writing what calculators are to math. And he said, well, that's not true because writing is more of an art form. Patrick's shaking his head. Naval agreed with me. If you don't know who Naval is on Twitter, get out front of the rock you're living under. Um, The whole thing with, with ChatGPT, it's like, if you use Google and you ask Google for answers, ChatGPT gives you the answer and then does the work for you. So it's taking that next step. So when it comes to baseball tech, and this is I'm just kind of looping back but tying it all together, um, ChatGPT. I'm going to start here. ChatGPT grew. They had, they get to a million users faster than any other tech platform in the world, and the reason they could do that was because Facebook already existed and Twitter already existed, and Instagram already existed, and TikTok already di- existed. So the the ability to, distri- to distribute information is way different now than when Facebook came out, Facebook and MySpace or whatever, old social network things. So we went from a world where distribution was challenging to now distribution is crazy simple, so you can get attention to things much faster. So Blaze Jordan, he's grown up in a world post Bryce Harper, he can get attention in ways because he can post a video on Instagram that goes viral and he can get 8 million views in a night on a Tuesday. He doesn't need a camera crew to come out. doesn't like somebody in the stands can just record something cool and he can do cool stuff. So he can go viral like real quick. Um, so there's like the, dis- the distribution piece and he's grown up in that world, but every kid's grown up in that world. Um, in terms of the baseball tech, Chat GPT needs good prompts. If you don't give it a good prompt, it's not going to give you a good answer. Just like if you if you're trying to answer what's five plus four, but then you type in what's five plus five, it's going to give you the wrong answer because you plugged in the right. If you 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 hit the five instead of the four, it's you know, you if you give it the wrong input, it's gonna give you the wrong output. With baseball tech, you said this if you if you're just trying to figure out how fast you swing, throw a bat sensor on, swing the bat. It's gonna tell you what happened. Like the, the only thing, the only prompt there was what is happening? Get on a force plate, jump, run, do a stopwatch. How fast did you run? Nobody's at, nobody has asked, what does the tech mean? So like now that we have the data, what does it mean? What do I do with it? How do I tell my players? Like, that's what, that's what Pelotero is doing. We're taking all the data. Like we're, we got the, what got it now it's the, now what? is what we've, you know, that's kind of our tagline. And, and here's the but biggest it's, difference. It's all about the prompt. It's all about what are you actually trying to get out of it? And it's just, it's mind-blowing to me that the industry as a whole isn't taking that step yet. All of that burden is still on the coach and their time.
1: I'm going to make two points about this. And I'll I'll relate it back to Ch- ChatGPT later. So in baseball, training, it's the only sport in the world where training and game are very, very different from one another, right? The, and we've, we've alluded to that. There's no way to recreate the pitcher on the mound, the intensity of uh, the inning or whatever. And you can try all you want in practice. And you can certainly create circumstances where you put pressure on your players and things like that by, you know, incentivizing or de certain things. That being said, in, in football, right? They have a combine. You run the 40, you do the L drill, uh, five, whatever it is. You bench press all, every one of those metrics that you measure at the combine are gonna have an impact on your performance a hundred percent. Right. And this is what you talk about with the physical and it's, it's basically physical, mental, emotional, it's capacity, capability, all those things. Like, right. If you're an elite athlete in football, you have a far greater chance of success than if you're not. In baseball, being an elite athlete isn't a prerequisite because you can success comes in many shapes and forms, especially on the hitting side, right? Like your body type, your profile, they don't necessarily connect to your ability to play the game. And that's been true since Babe Ruth, right? Like you could look at Babe Ruth and say, That's not a physical specimen and go, Wow, well, he was arguably the best hitter of all time. So when you sit there and you and you really try to connect all the dots, our data sets and our testing methodology was just a we tried to take these numbers and reflect them to what good looked like. And we didn't consider that there was a, a mental and emotional side that could, that would really trump all of that stuff in certain situations. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And going going back to the whole bat speed argument, or like if we know hitting the ball hard matters, then you should explore all the ways to hit the ball hard. and. Like Giancarlo Stan hits the ball really hard. He swings really fast. Does that mean he's a good hitter? So it's it's. It, I think everything's been misdirected or misguided, or not everything, but a lot of things have been. With good with good intent, the intentions aren't bad. It's just you, like, are we? You don't trying have to, do the to right swing thing?
1: fast to be a good hitter. You don't have to swing fast to be a good hitter. Well, that your
0: definition of good hitter is being positioned as hitting the ball hard, and hitting the ball hard consistently. Relative to your ability, matters. Maximizing so your ability to hit the ball we, hard matters as well. But make sure we have both conversations because they're different things.
1: But and but the dialogue needed to 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 start with hit the ball hard consistently. Hit the ball as hard as you can without compromising anything else. So it's it goes back to I think it was the Einstein quote: like it's fine to make things simple, but not simpler. Right. Or simple. There is a, like there is a simplest simple, our, not sim- our, simple, our, not simpler is
0: my favorite one. That's a nine ten right. quote.
1: But that's that's what I'm that's like what I'm what I'm insinuating is to hit the baseball hard. You have to square it up. That it, it, that's a prerequisite. Like and at some point we forgot about that. And oh, by the way, doing it once doesn't mean anything. Like throwing one touchdown pass doesn't mean anything. Throwing making one jump shot doesn't mean anything. And I don't know why we got lost in baseball that we started training for optimization, where basketball players yeah. don't train to make one shot. They train to make a million shots. But football players don't train to make one play. They train to make a lot of plays. And now what that training looks like, I think, is is different.
0: It's That's one of the reasons I'm so excited experience. about what we're doing right now, because <clears throat> we are we get to change that conversation. The the showcase culture considering the layers. The showcase culture is what's driven this. It's parents that think that they need their kids to hit the ball hard so they can get on a leaderboard so that a coach sees them and they get an opportunity. It's Right. And I get it because if you go to a I, I use this as an example all the time. You drive to a parking lot, you don't pay attention to a, a Toyota camera, you pay attention to the Ferrari that you see. Like it the Toyota camera doesn't stand out. It just that's so real. that's a real. So the thing.
1: question we have to answer for young players is find a way to stand out, without making it about a metric, without making it like how do you find ways to stand out? This is why when we were young, people told us to hustle out on the field. This is why they told us to not get, don't give them a reason. It's the reason my dad used to tell me to shave when I go to showcases. You ha- you were supposed to, in 1976 you were supposed to stand out by being. You know, uh, an all-American boy—that was what standing out represented. Now, that became normal, right? Everybody would be polished, wear your uniform a certain way, do this, do that. Then that all—that all, that all kind of shifted. So now, standing out is becoming more about making a loud noise, self-promotion, branding, whatever you want to call it. And uh, let's just call a spade a spade—that doesn't make you a winning baseball player. Those characteristics are fine. You can wear your pants however you want, wear whatever shoes you want, flip the bat as high as you want, but it better be in the right moment. Cause if not, it becomes abundantly clear that you're playing for yourself and not for the eight or nine guys around you. Yeah. Right.
0: The question, I think the question that has driven the game over the last 10 years is it's not how often, but it's how hard or how like, what's your peak? What's your ceiling? How hard can you throw it? How fast can you run? How hard can you hit it? What is your max bat speed? It isn't – There's a, the, the next layer is you have to say how hard and how often because those are the players that are actually good because if you could do it once, great. good I don't care. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again because I just pulled up uh, – did you see the movie Ford versus Ferrari? Did you see that? Yeah. Really awesome. I love the movie <clears throat> and I'm just thinking about – And I I put this in my book back in 2013. It's like the the drag car versus the Indy car. And I'm thinking of that movie and it's an endurance race. Yes, you have to be really, really fast. You can't have a slow car and win that race, but you got to go for 24 hours. It's like the baseball season is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not a straightaway.
1: Let's just be clear. If you run a 4-4, you always run a four-four. That's a good thing. If you hit one ball one hundred ten, mi- if you hit one ball one hundred ten miles an hour, that doesn't mean you're going to hit the rest of one ten. Fair? Is that is that like a fair analogy?
0: It's the difference between, like we we call it capacity versus capability. So like, what are you
1: capable it, of? And it's an it's an input. It's an input versus an output. If you want to look at it, and, yeah, right. My input is I run a four-four. Not me personally. But the, the guy runs a 4-4, that means he's fast all the time, barring an injury. Just because a guy hit a ball 120 miles an hour doesn't mean he's hitting 120 all the time. It means he's capable of it.
0: Right. Well, the, yeah, the conversation is going to shift to what allows you to hit the ball <clears throat> 120 more often, not the fact that you can do it. Good that you can do it. Not a bad thing. Yeah. Just It's a deeper conversation. Much deeper. Anyway. Anywho, uh Carlton, great job with your tweet. Keep sharing content. It was good stuff. So get in the weight room. If you want to hit the ball hard, get in the weight room. Eighth grader throwing ninety-three. That's fuzz for an eighth grader. I hope that kid's playing varsity. Did you see the story about the uh the high school coach? I think it's Adam Mosley.
1: I'm gonna find it right now.
0: High school coach, he coached team USA, I believe in Alabama. I think it's Hoover, yes.
1: Alabama. I actually I found out about this at uh at What the World a travesty this is what a,
0: like What a, there's some reported too. there's self-report. What are you, what are you reporting? Like you're playing for team USA, anything that you're doing to help team USA win a gold medal should trump any stupid local state. He had gotten
1: the coaching job. Yeah. He had gotten the coaching job way before. And then it just so happened that his guy ended up on the team. And so they self-reported it. So nobody else would. And then the state banned him for a year.
0: Terrible! It's the dumbest thing ever. Get, he
1: thought he was going to get like a four-game suspension. So,
0: so it's. Uh, I was talking
1: about this with uh, the Tucci guys.
0: Yeah. suspension, so he coached the 18U national team, and his player was on the team, so therefore he gets suspended. Just it's just so stupid. It's
1: rules for rule's sake.
0: Just yeah, if you're. It's such a unique... They, they should just put a simple clause in there, vote for it, and say, if you're coaching Team USA and this is a great opportunity for the player, just allow it. Th- this, is not like a very, this is not a common thing that somebody should be penalized for. It's an amazing opportunity. We talked about this with uh, the swing decision rules that the, the one major league team has a rule that if you swing at at edge pitch with less than two strikes, you get dinged on your swings decision score. So the kid that makes an adjustment because the umpire's calling the pitch off the plate and the pitcher's throwing the ball off the plate. So the kid gets on the plate and hits a homer opposite field on an edge pitch to turn something so good into a negative. It's, it's a special kind of stupid to be able to do that. You can't take amazing opportunities and amazing things and make them bad. Your your system's broken. Recognize that make the change. It's not hard. Do a vote, reinstate them, make it right. Don't be like, well, uh, the rules are rules. We should, the just shut up and fix it i can't stand bureaucratic stuff that's wrong just get it right fix it the, the guy like wh- what bad what what is the negative in the situation a kid won a gold medal he played for team usa the the coach had an amazing experience by all accounts he's a terrific coach and somebody's got an axe to grind that's what it all like or it's just a stupid rule and they can fix it
1: well, usually, usually those things become personal. As much as people say they're trying to be objective, they, they usually have, they're rooted in some personal vendetta or agenda. <laughs> I mean, we can look back to a million examples of that. You wanna talk about one that stands out in my mind, the, the whole deflated football thing, and not to be a homer, but like, really? We're gonna, they beat them a thousand to nothing, to seven. 45-7 to seven against the Indianapolis Colts and got reports about the footballs being deflated. Like
0: and It was all running game. I mean, it. like they just ran the ball the whole second half.
1: Yeah, it was so stupid. Things that don't mean, matter. They could have they thrown rocks and it wouldn't have mattered that game. Yep. I was there. I literally watched it. So they're just going to suspend a guy, tarnish him. It's just... Nothing. I mean, it's I've nothing. had my own experiences with it too, so believe me. Yep.
0: Uh, last topic I'm trying to find a, uh, a Video or a picture that was posted Somewhere so Carlos Correa Finally has a home It was like a, a Interesting contract too I need to find this image got it In this offseason Carlos Correa signed 31 years And 825 million dollars worth of contracts In this offseason um, That's a lot That's a lot but he's finally got a home. What's Do you know the terms of the deal? Is it six years, like 200, something like that?
1: Six? It's six years, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's beyond the threshold of ever needing to make another dollar in your life, let's put it that way. And he was probably already there, so that's, I guess, why it really didn't matter. Yeah. Um. I think for... The only thing that, that bothers me about the whole situation is I feel like as a player in that in that situation, right now you have you have two kind of prerequisites that you have to live by one is like your own personal stuff. And two is you have to when you're at that elite status, the contract you sign has to be right for the next generation of player, right? You can't sell yourself short and take less money because there's whole this whole thing that people that aren't really in the teeth of it don't understand. They're like, why don't they just take less money? And there's this whole argument to be made that most people don't consider about, like, what are you doing to future salaries, future players if you set that as a precedent? So I understand wanting to maximize the value of the deal. Now, obviously there were outstanding and extenuating circumstances. And I felt like the reason he signed with the Giants or the Mets was partially because they were offering the most money and also partially because he thought that was the best chance to really go win. Now we're talking about a guy who's won already, right? Like he's already won a World Series, been to the postseason a lot. So maybe that matters less to him at this point. But I really would have thought, and this is probably coming from the agent too, that he would have like explored ways to, to, to sign maybe a smaller deal in the first two places, but to each their own.
0: I mean, it was it was quite the saga trying to get him on the team. <clears throat> um, the I think a lot of the issues with um, setting precedent for, for other players in the league kind of get thrown out the window when all the injury stuff happened. It's what it is. Uh, he's a talented player. Glad he found a home. Hopefully his
1: uh, issues help lives anyway. On that note...